Hello everyone, welcome back again to Fanfic Fireside with your host, Jonathan. Last time I was reading chapter 6 of Zen Apology, a Steven Universe fanfiction by Dragon Alexis. Connie had a really good heart-to-heart with Amethyst, so if you're familiar with your knowledge of season 3, then you should know that there is one more major crystal gem to have a one-on-one with in Xenopology Chapter 7, Garnet. The control panel is down there, said Garnet. I will deactivate it. Watch my back. Connie nodded, even though a large part of her mind was wondering about the strange twilight zone she entered where Garnet wanted her to watch her back. The whole situation was unorthodox. By now, Connie was getting used to going on magical issues, but she was used to going on them with Steven. This time, however, Garnet had announced that she would be coming with her, and the certainty in her voice had left no room for argument. Garnet had to have a reason, of course. She always did. Connie just wished she knew what was the reason. She also couldn't help but wish she was with Steven and Pearl on their mission off in the east of the Sahara Desert. Yeah. Steven Sword has Sahara Desert too. Anyway, Connie herself was currently in the desert's north, while Amethyst, Peridot, and Lapis had warped to the west. It turned out that the entire desert was in fact the site of a vast subterranean gem construction site. Its intended purpose would have been to function as a large-scale terraforming hub, sand removal, ocean draining, temperature alteration, and even continent rearrangement. The site had never been completed. It had been one of the Crystal Gems' first targets during the war, but while the construction had been halted, the original infrastructure had remained dormant, buried beneath the sand, apparently non-functional. Then, two days ago, the entire region had begun experiencing unexpected earthquakes. Then there had been odd weather, ranging from flash floods to hail. There had also been reports of strange buildings growing out of the sand itself. It seemed that whatever system Homeworld had constructed had been on a time limit. The installed program was saying that it was time to get to work. It was incomplete, so it wouldn't be able to achieve its terraforming goals, but it would be able to cause a lot of chaos. The Crystal Gems had to shut it down. There were three control centers arranged in a giant triangle. As a fail-safe measure, each one had to be switched off manually for the program to be overwritten. So they'd split up into three groups. Team 1 had Peridot, who would be officially accepted by the computer system with Amethyst and Lapis as support. Pearl had gone to help Steven, who had the Rose Quartz Gem and therefore high mm, and therefore high ranking enough to shut down the controls. Uh, for let's not bring future into this. Finally, there was Connie and Garnet. Before they warped off, Connie had asked if Garnet would have access. She'd been told homeworld systems won't recognize a fusion. Then how? Garnet had just smiled. She wasn't smiling now. She was staring down through the dark corridor constructed out of the sand which led deep beneath the desert. Possibly she was peering into the future to see what lurked inside. Let's go, Garnet announced. She took off, Connie jogging after and into the tunnel. Out in the desert it had been painfully bright. As they moved deeper down the corridor, it grew dimmer and dimmer, the sunlight streaming through the entranceway, becoming just a retreating pinprick behind them. 
Eventually, Garnet raised up a palm, a bright red beam shooting out of it like a flashlight. Her other hand remained at her side, ready to summon her gauntlet. Connie strengthened her grip on the sword, which hung from her hip in its scabbard. If Garnet had to fight single-handed, Connie would need to be doubly prepared. She was cursing herself for not carrying a miner's helmet in her backpack. They came to a fork in the path, each tunnel leading into deeper darkness. Garnet laid a hand on the sandy wall. Connie followed her lead. It was vibrating low and vast, like a computer near overheating. Tracing their hands along the wall, they were able to feel the vibration grow notably stronger towards the left-hand branch. So that's where they went. Connie was on high alert, focusing on maintaining her footing on the sandy floor, listening for any change to the electric hum which hung in the air. She didn't immediately notice when a new light source appeared, engravings in the wall, written in the gem language, glowing faint orange. They must have been some form of directions, because when they reached yet another branch of the path, Garnet read one of the signs, pointed right, and said, this way. Now the vibration could be felt right up through Connie's feet. The horrible hum seemed to have drilled itself into her hindbrain. It was endlessly irritating, but perhaps its pervasiveness was a good sign because she was able to sense a change in it. It grew louder, it growled deeper, like an incoming subway train. Automatically, she braced. Guard! The gem didn't let her finish. Just picked her up and sprung forward. There was a roar as something huge tore through the wall right behind them. Connie didn't see what... They were already running, running, feet pounding on the sand. They ran and ran, and then there was a door in front of them. Not made of sand, but some alien metal with a hand-shaped lock in the center. Clearly their destination. Garnet slammed her palm into the lock and didn't look surprised when the door didn't budge. How are we going to get in? Connie yelled over the roar of the oncoming monster. Garnet turned back the way they came. Connie turned too. She could see nothing through the dimness. Get ready to jump, Garnet said. The roar turning into a screech and out of the darkness hurled a giant mouth. Connie and Garnet jumped to their left. The thing just charged forward and tore right through the door. There was a loud crash as the monster hit the far wall on the other side. It began to thrash in pain and confusion. In her life, Connie had read a lot of classical sci-fi. Of the things she read, she'd never been particularly enthused by Dune. She did have to give Frank Hubert credit for one thing, however. Sandworms were terrifying. That's what this thing was. 20 foot long, brown hide belonging to something between a worm and a snake with a circular mouth filled with teeth, so huge that it could eat a great white shark in a single bite. Get it, Garnet ordered. I'll shut the system down. So Garnet ran right towards the monster through the twisted remains of the door and Connie went too. She had a brief impression of a huge control room, panel after panel of glowing buttons, monitors furiously flashing lights, but then she was entirely focused on the monster. It filled her entire world, its massive mouth and gnashing teeth and writhing mass in the back of her head, Garnet orders. Watch my back. She dodged and thrust and parried, trying to cut through the monster's skin, but its hide was too thick. Even propelling herself off the wall, giving herself maximum leverage and momentum, she could barely make a dent. She recalled Pearl's lessons. Find the weak point and strike. What weak point did this opponent have? 
It didn't have a soft underbelly or exposed eyes. The only place Connie could find was its mouth. Huge, gaping, filled with circles of rotating teeth. But when the worm reared, opening it wide to swallow her whole, Connie pulled her arm back and threw the sword like a spear. It sailed forward past the teeth, burying itself in the monster's gullet. There was a soft explosion of light as the creature's form dissipated. Breathing heavily, Connie retrieved both the sword and gemstone from the floor. She turned her attention to Garnet, who had spent her time fighting the control panel as opposed to a monster. She had most emphatically won. She hadn't just settled for flicking switches and pushing buttons. Monitors were cracked, panels broken in half, wiring pulled out like a tangle of guts. Where did sleep? Garnet took the monster's gem from Connie and swiftly bubbled it. Finished? asked Connie. Almost. Stand back. Connie complied. There was a final untouched button on the remaining undestroyed control panel. Or Connie had thought it was a button. But no, it was too shiny, too faceted. It was an embedded gem. Garnet gripped it and yanked an explosion, tossed them backwards. Connie hit the sand wall behind her with a large dud. The air knocked out of her lungs. There was a sound in her ears, like the rush of a thousand hourglasses. Blood, she thought at first, but no. This was all around her. Something was falling onto her head, her face, into her eyes, her mouth. She choked on the grit. Sand, sand everywhere. The gem, the gem had been controlling the tunnel, and now they were all coming apart. Garnet! Connie called. She found her lying on the floor a few feet away. The desert gem still clutched in her hand. Connie rushed over. Garnet! Garnet blinked up at her. Her glasses were gone. Her eyes were glassy and unfocused. Connie. Did she have a concussion? Was that even possible? The place is coming down, Connie yelled. Garnet pulled herself up, standing unsteadily. Connie cast around for something, anything to help. She saw something. A strange lump on the floor, half buried in the sand. She lunged at it and felt a handle in her hand. She brushed the sand away. Yes, a trap door. Connie tugged, but it was far too heavy for her to budge. She groaned, open. Whatever was wrong, Garnet still had enough presence of mind to understand. She wrenched the hatch open, and two of them tumbled down into darkness before the trap door slammed shut above them. Connie spat out a mouthful of sand, uh, wondering what they could do next. The place was pitch black and cramped, and they were stuck inside. Suddenly, her eyes filled with a bright light. It was coming from Garnet, pure white at first, then blue and red. The split and faded. Ruby? Sapphire? Connie had never met them before, but she knew there was no one else they could be. It was dark for a moment, until a dimmer blue light returned, coming from Sapphire's palm. She was holding her partner in her arms, and something was wrong. The monster's gem had been left abandoned on the floor. Ruby's eyes were shut, and her body was flickering. Her gem is cracked, Sapphire said. Get out the saliva. Connie was frozen, overwhelming panic and confusion. Then she remembered. She did have a small water bottle filled with healing spit. Stephen had given to it to her a few weeks ago, just in case. But mostly it had just been an excuse for him to spit in a bottle. Now Connie swung the backpack off and dug through it, past the granola bar, sunscreen, compass, before finally finding it. Sapphire had laid Ruby out on the floor. She looked horrible, her body blinking in and out of existence. 
Connie unscrewed the bottle's cap and poured some saliva into it. Then carefully, she dripped in onto Ruby's palm where her gem sat with a crack straight through it. The second the spit touched the stone, sparks of light danced around it. The crack sealed right up in an instant. Sapphire sighed with release as Ruby's eyes flickered open. She smiled up at them. Sapphire, she said. And then Connie. Good to meet ya. Connie would, could have laughed. Instead, she said, nice to meet you too, ma'am. Ruby sat up, Sapphire seizing her up in a fierce hug. Connie looked away and busied herself screwing the lid back on to the bottle of healing tear uh, spit mm, typo it was sweltering so she grabbed a regular bo water bottle and took a long gulp it helped wash the grit out of her throat but it did nothing about the heat there had been ice cubes in there when she left the temple but those logs had melted now the worm was barely lukewarm she expected garnet to be back by the time she was done but when she looked up ruby and sapphire was still there watching her Hot, Ruby asked as she bubbled the worm's gem. I'm fine, Connie said, and she resisted the urge to wipe her forehead. The gems exchanged a look. Then Ruby took a step back while Sapphire came to sit next to Connie. Off her came wave after wave of blissful cold. Ruby, uh, Stephen never told you about our elemental powers, Ruby teased from across the room. Is this better, Sapphire asked. Ah, yes. Thank you. See, Connie was caught off by a sudden lurch, her stomach dropping like she was in the elevator. We're going up, Sapphire said before Connie could ask. Safety feature. The escape pod will reach the surface in 10 minutes. Oh, good, Connie said. Then she shuffled a little closer to Sapphire because it was really hot. Well, said Ruby, holding her hands behind her head. That was a fun date. Sapphire giggled. <laughs> sure was hot stuff. The pair burst into laughter and Connie had to stop herself from staring. Were they flirting? They were. Outrageously. The two kept making jokes, winking, and blowing kisses at each other. It was simultaneously adorable and unbearable. The only time Connie had ever seen her parents anywhere like this was when they had gotten drunk past Holly. Last Holly. Were Ruby and Sapphire like this whenever they were apart? Is it weird? Connie asked him, being unfused. The pair's giggling subsided as they focused on her. Not weird, said Ruby. Simply different, said Sapphire. Do you dislike it? The gems looked awfully. Even they answered, no. Connie hesitated. She felt as though she might be pushing against some unseen boundary, but... If you don't mind being unfused, then why do you stay Garnet all the time? Because we like it, Ruby said simply. Connie stared down at her lap. There had to be more than that. There had to be more of a reason than just liking fusion. To give yourself into it so completely and utterly. To be willing to give up your own identity. Your own life. To permanently, beco permanently become someone else. Is something troubling you, Connie? Sapphire asked. No. Sapphire brushed away her thick hair and stared at Connie, Connie with a single piercing gaze. It hardened some resolve inside her. She wouldn't get a better chance than this. I guess, well, I've been thinking. We've been forming Stevani a lot recently, and we both really enjoy it. So I was wondering if maybe, do you think we should be them all the time? Silence, aside from surization of the bunker sliding up through the sand. 
What's your reasoning? Asked Sapphire. Because, because... I love being around Steven. So much. And we're great at Stevani. We're so fast and smart and confident. They were watching her. Faces unreadable. It felt as though her explanation was falling short. We are so much better in battle. And even just hanging out. Stevani's a lot of fun. And I mean... Garnet's awesome, and you're her all the time, so there can't be anything wrong with it. It's just... Just what? Ruby prompted. Connie sighed. Well, I mean, it would be complicated. I go to school, but Steven stays with you guys all the time. And I haven't even told my parents about Stevani. I've told them about everything else, but I just don't know how, if they get it. And, um... Ruby and Sapphire waited patiently for her to organize her words. And I love being Stevani, but I'm not sure if... If I want to always be them, then don't be, Ruby said. It wasn't the answer she'd been expected. But Garnet, Garnet's us, said Ruby. Our relationship, not yours and Stevens. We stay together because we want to, said Sapphire. Because the world looks brighter that way. Because it helps us protect who we love, said Ruby. Because we can, said Sapphire. And nobody can stop us. But you're not us, continued Ruby. You have your own reasons to fuse, and staying fused doesn't necessarily make a relationship better. Just different, said Connie. She nodded. She could see their point, but she still felt unsatisfied somehow. Maybe one day you'll feel different, said Sapphire. It's perfectly fine if you change your mind. Ruby nodded. Whatever happens, you should talk to Steven about it. Have you? Um, no. Connie blushed. She thought about it a few times, but she never really been sure how to bring it up. Something so big, so huge. Talk to Steven, Sapphire and Ruby said together. Connie wondered then why Garnet had asked her to come on this particular mission in the first place. Surely Garnet would have handled the giant worm by herself. And if she hadn't foreseen Ruby's crack, then couldn't Garnet have just brought some healing spit herself? Why had she chosen Connie over everyone else? Had had this conversation been the reason? Future vision. It was confusing. There was a metallic groan in a lurch. We've stopped, Sapphire said unnecessarily. She gave Connie a gentle pat on the knee, then stood and made her way directly to Ruby. Their dance was barely a dance at all. It was an embrace, a twirl, a touch of lips, and the pair melted into each other seamlessly. Connie watched in admiration as Garnet rematerialized. The fusion grinned at her. Connie clambered to her feet. Are we going? There will be a lot of sand flying around outside. You need something to protect your eyes. Connie looked down at her backpack, heart sinking. Two of the things she hadn't packed. Miner's helmet and goggles. Garnet knelt down and slipped something onto the girl's face. Connie blinked as everything took on a sudden purple tint. Your glasses! Garnet winked one of her three eyes. It had been months since she had last worn glasses, but the visor felt comfortable and secure on her face. Swinging her backpack on and adjusting her scabbard, Connie felt ready to face anything. She said, let's go. And we're back. While reading that, it made me think, during the whole series, including the sequel one, have we ever had the Meheshorans ever seen or been told about Stevani, like on screen? I should check that. Also, I find it funny and a little ironic in this story. Connie's the one considering being a full-time fusion. Just saying. Um, but 
this episode is as long as it is already. I didn't think it'd be this long, even when I was reading it before this. But anyways, thanks again for listening, everyone. I'll catch you all on the next one. Until then, we'll always find a way.